Welcome to the Westside Personalized Podcast, where real educators share their classroom-tested, learner-approved personalization practices. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion and are able to find a few valuable takeaways from the podcast. And so without further ado, let's go to the pod. Well, back for another edition of the Westside Personalized Podcast, and today I'm here with Ben Powers uh, in our science department at Westside High School. Uh, Ben's uh, been a, just a good friend, I feel like, in the building. I had a chance to you know get to know him over the my time here at Westside. He's in the eMERGE team that I'm also uh, on, and yes. uh, just a really uh, creative thinker. And, and I honestly, as an English teacher, I love physics. Like That was that was mm-hmm. something I just was really interested in. Uh, and so I uh, appreciate the t- chances I get to come up to his physics class uh, and kind of nerd out up here a little bit, seeing all the cool stuff that they're doing, which is why we're doing this podcast, Woo! too, so if you're into physics like us, yes. Um, here, here's a little bit of physics for you. Uh, so that said, Ben, you want to introduce yourself a little bit, give us kind of your backstory in education, the classes you currently teach, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, my name's Ben Powers. I've been teaching at Westside since 2010, and I've been doing all physics. So this year, I've been doing AP Physics 1, AP Physics 2, they're newer courses, and because they're new, we had a lot of choices to uh, design from scratch. So that's been really fun the last couple of years with those two new courses. Awesome. And that's something that, you know, I think as far as personalized learning goes, there's some entry points that people would typically look for. And some people will say, well, like Mark Weichel, our assistant superintendent, always advocates pick a unit that's stale, which is actually where, where yeah. I started. Or pick something that already is rich in differentiation, so you could extend that. Or pick something that's just new. If you're going to start something, right. you might as well think about layering that element in. And um, Ben, I know there's been three or so different like lessons that we've had a chance to kind of talk about you right. um, uh, making personalized choices for. Prior to just kind of getting into the details of that, so stay tuned if that's, you know, we'll talk shop here about the application there. Um, just talk about how you processed what you know about personalized learning as it pertains to uh, the sciences and, and really to physics. Uh, because I just think that you have... One of the things I appreciate about you and your perspective with all this uh, is how you view particularly that lab time through a personalized lens. Definitely. Uh, well, physics, I think, lends itself to personalized learning opportunities very well because it's studying what we know about, how we know about our universe. And so getting to that point of how we know how our universe is structured, there's not always a linear path that needs to be taken. and it can click for some students very, very quickly, and it can take some students most of the year before those things start to set in. So we are, traditionally, we always just had one physics class. And because of that, we had students at all different levels, some that were bored, some that just needed extra help. And by even splitting up the amount of physics classes they can take, we've personalized a little bit of that and just which choices they can take for levels of physics and and how they study that science but now within each we can tier this so that when they're going through the process of trying to figure out something in lab like this is how this relationship works some of those students will catch on or they already came in with some background knowledge so having different pathways for them to get to that that's been huge for our ap physics one program and ap physics two program that they can differentiate and make their own choice of how they study that. Yeah, and I think that's just really important as educators, and that's why knowing your learner is like one of the elements that we have, is that you have to understand where they're coming in. Uh, you have to understand the way in which they digest like really the process or the, the concept yeah. uh, well. And I know that that, I feel like anytime I'd be bop in here, that you at least... Uh, 
maybe it wasn't like the entirety of that particular day was personalized, but you, you try to take that stuff into consideration and all the stuff that you're doing consistently. And that's what's really, really cool about, uh, you know, your class and the way you've kind of gone about some of those things. Well, thank you. So let's break one of those down. All right. right? Okay. So lesson number one, drum roll if I got one. <laughs> well, the first les- first thing this year that I really tried to make personalized learning aspects of, I, I chose to take acceleration, a concept that's, is in itself a simple concept, but how they show that, how they get to understand it, they can go very deep, uh, graphically, mathematically, visually. And so we gave some options and differentiated a traditional lab that we said, everyone's got to go through and collect this set of data. And this is how you're going to report it back to me. Instead, we kind no, of- That was the before. That was right? the before. To say like, okay, here's lockstep. Here's your packet. Yeah, before <laughs> you're right. Before we kind of said, everyone's going to do the same lab. They're going to graph the same data. They're going to report it the same way. And so just kind of, again, out of that inspiration of a unit that felt stagnant, that was kind of boring to me, switching that up. And so we said, you need to show us the concept of acceleration data driven. And okay. so that was kind of the prompt. And this was the first time in the student's experience that they had this myriad of options in a sense where they could choose to show or they could design their own lab really. So they're mm-hmm. they're deciding what to use for equipment. They're oh, and that's what I think it's worth bringing up now too is to say that what equipment do you have in here, right? Because yeah. all of a sudden, you know, if you're inventioning kind of your, your traditional classroom, there's a wall at the back and there's not, you know, like, like and that's not the case in yeah. here. There's wheels hanging from the ceiling. There's um, all sorts of just, I don't know, kind of get into what, what yeah. things are so in the space. We have, a, we have a pretty unique storeroom <laughs> where it's pretty much unique. like a yeah. store. It's, We're actually it's, recording this in the storeroom. Yes, so it's, uh, it it's a physics uh, history of things from the 60s and there's toys there's tools there's just there's so many different things in here and it used to just be we as physics teachers knew where to go find stuff that we wanted to use for a demo and we started saying you know what they should have access to some of this mm-hmm. if they if we really want them to be doing science they need to be building the labs and, and making the decisions that we typically took out of that process when we set up a whole lab for them and they walk in, they're just performing a lab. And yeah. that making that switch of we want them designing the lab and um, creating, that became the, the switch. And, and most of the labs we do now, we try to incorporate that where they're making some decisions. And you know, I think that that's a concept that, that goes outside of just physics. So if you're listening to this going, well, yeah, that works for physics because you're dealing with, you know, this tactile, I can mm-hmm. go in the shop and get those, those things. Um, as an English teacher, I mean, that kind of hits my brain in a way that is it not a value in an English class to get to a place where students can write their own prompts. You know, like the heavy lifting sometimes is the prompt. It's saying like, well, this text, this text is really rich in irony. And so I'm gonna give you a prompt on irony that asks you to look at the this specific thing or the relationship between these two characters. I'm highlighting that part. And that that in itself is a skill, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go to the library and when you check out, they give you a sheet of paper and say, here's, your, right. <laughs> here's the things to look for as yeah. you're reading this. So you gotta open up uh, the opportunity for people to explore and, and to tinker maybe right. uh, in both, both senses. I'm still looking around the room here though too. We got photo gates, we've got what? Yeah, we got a lot of new digital equipment this year, so. I was gonna list off the big discs. We got uh, rechargeable batteries, <laughs> toy cars, uh, toy toy animals, uh, all sorts of different baseball, soccer balls, Beakers. tennis balls. Anyway, I mean, they just, sorry, I'm it, gonna, yeah, they, I'm we, distracted. We have we have about. just a ton of stuff, and we and every year we kind of 
think about other ways to collect that data. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of new digital tools that we've been incorporating that students love to try to mess with. We got some new Bluetooth cards that they can just go right Whoa. to their smartphone uh, and get graphs of data there. So we, during that lab, that first acceleration lab, we showed the students all the stuff they could use. And like, here's all the stuff that we have. And it was cool to see some students just went old school. They wanted just a, a block and a ramp. And you know, they just kind of like <laughs> wanted to show the idea in a very traditional physics problem-y way mm -hmm. where others saw the new, you know, Bluetooth connected smartphone options and they just love that idea. So they, they were taking data on their carts and showing the graphs on there. So really providing a whole range of options made that lab just so much more unique and students were more engaged. I was more engaged. Uh, I just kind of became facilitating where I'd bounce around and, mm -hmm. and help them get what they needed. So here's what I'm gonna ask you about the bouncing around part. And, and we bring this up sometimes on the podcast to say that uh, I think if, if you're not intentional about it, you can design a personalized learning unit to where it almost feels like a study hall and that you're just mm -hmm. sort of monitoring. Um, you, have to, you have to be in, engaged in conversation. And what would you say is kind of the level, because you, you started off this, uh, as we kind of got on this topic, saying that there is ways to delve deeper uh, and have a richer understanding. Do you feel like the level of your conversation relative to where it normally would be in, in the traditional was deeper or about the same or? Yeah, I, so this gives me a lot more opportunity doing a lab in this way. The, the questioning becomes such a bigger aspect of the labs. Students can perform a lab and although they make a finished product, they're not thinking metacognitively throughout the process of why they're doing what they're doing, what they're choosing. So to break up that process while they're going and asking them questions and, you know, why are you choosing to use this material? Why, um, what would it do if you, were to, if you were to try this other thing? And just kind of planting a little seed and walking away. I'm not doing a whole lot of guiding them to that step, but just asking them some questions to be thinking about and then moving on. So that just makes the whole process of the lab a much richer experience and i i'm hesitant to you know there's some labs that can get crazy if we you know that, that, that they're all and that one was a little crazy but like just you're being, like what if can we go out there and roll this car down the hill and you're yeah, like well, right no yeah <laughs> no. There, there was there was some you know constraints of the room <laughs> yeah. and what we could have access to but it's it's one of those things that you just let them you know if you're thinking of something that you want to use i'll let you know if you can use it mm -hmm. and even that, even, you know, they don't have full ownership, but it's something that they get to still decide. I get this much stuff to work with. Mm -hmm. It You could see their, their eyes light up. It's just different than their normal science lab experience. And I would imagine too, that, that would cause me as a learner thereafter to start to see those things in the real world in a, in a more, it just might harken back to that experience because my, my thought process at one point in time had to go, okay, Things, yeah, move along. <laughs> How do I, this could do that or this could do that. And you put it in a lot of different contexts that might, a light might go on later in the day or, or you know, um, at practice when you see something. Like, right. Oh, I'm thinking about physics. And yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm at football. This shouldn't happen. Yeah. But it does because physics is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so is that, what else would you kind of say about that one? Or is there, are you kind of um, ready to shift to lesson number two? Yeah, let's, let's talk about lesson two. Okay. Let's All do right. that one. Lesson two. Um, so, to, Distinguished lesson one, lesson two. Lesson one, I felt like I just did a lot of differentiation. I, I, I let them uh, decide from a, a lot of different ways. Choice, 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 choice. Different. Yeah, yeah, just tons yep. of choices on how they wanted to study the material. Where I didn't feel that particular personalized lesson 
advanced was then on the the assessment piece of like what are they creating or what are they building at the end of that to to show me that they learned it still came back to the same kind of um, process or they most of them did the same thing where we we whiteboarded our results and it was interesting to see how they all did it differently that we got to this you know same idea about what acceleration is mm -hmm. but there wasn't a lot of choice in that, how they showed what they knew. So in the second lesson, we did it on wave behavior and how the speed of the wave is um, reflected in a medium. So again, we gave them tons of options, some online ones for students that just wanted to, you know, they'd rather just kind of go through a simulator and work solo. We had some group options where if they wanted to pair mm -hmm. up with a, a buddy or two, they could collect data using physical slinkies and, and, and wave machines. Uh, I led a kind of a teacher-directed one up front where if, you know, if they didn't really feel comfortable in either one of those avenues, they just wanted to kind of have a discussion with me, they, we did that up front. And it was really interesting with all that choice, <laughs> there was problems with trying to let it um, happen naturally where people really decided what they wanted to do because they wanted that choice or mm -hmm. it was what, mm -hmm. the, what the majority was doing that they kind of flooded in that direction. Right. So, so along with the choice, I felt like this lesson was a little bit different because then we, we modified how they showed that back to us and how they, they told us what they understood about it. And we left it kind of open-ended, just explain what you found out and attach it in Google Docs. So some of them recorded video of themselves and sent that through. Some of them uh, made up a little PowerPoint, uh, just showing slide by slide what they did with pictures embedded in there. Some of them just straight up wrote a word doc and this is what I found out. So that was, I mean, there wasn't a huge variation. It wasn't meant to be a, a, a large scale project of really produce this product. And, but some took it and ran with it and made really unique pieces with yeah. that, which was cool to see. Oh, and something to get excited about too. And hopefully I'm going to back up. There's a couple yeah, different points right, in here sorry. that are worth talking. No, it's great. Yeah, no, not you. I'm, I'm sitting here like taking notes, right? <laughs> uh, in my brain about all these different like, like facets of what you're talking about. And so, I think your process is one that is is many in many ways the entry point and then kind of the expansion that I, we're seeing in, in our role across the district in that um, yeah there's a lot of different elements there's our five different elements um, typically people gravitate to differentiation and choice which is a stage one personalized environment so yes you are personalizing and doing that mm -hmm. I think you probably aren't giving yourself enough credit too with that because it, the conversations and the way in which they were able to take ownership gets you into that stage two mm -hmm. piece even with what you did prior um, but I know, you know, from my own experience um, in the classroom and then also in this role, is that there comes a point where those choices have to be directed by something other than just their spur of the moment whim, right? right. So, um, so you can sit wherever you want, but gosh, all six of you are sitting over here and screwing around the whole time. Or, yeah. you know, you can make whatever project you want, but you just did the same thing that your neighbor did because yeah. <laughs> that you saw them do that and right. it just defaulted to the simplest thing. And that's where, and I know we had some conversations about this at the time, um, any sort of, which, and again, this is why data is one of our elements, anytime you can do sort of a pre-assessment and that doesn't necessarily have to be, yes, indicators are great in there and we could be talking about uh, things that they're gonna be tested on, but just even learner preferences uh, mm -hmm. is a great thing to just ask on the front end and then say, okay, so I'm gonna give you a chance to sit where you would like, look at your learner preferences sheet and tell me do you work best in pairs as a group or as an individual so that people don't just uh, end up on that kind of buddy system yeah. <laughs> um, matriculating to wherever they wanna go. There's also ways uh, that we've seen just for those listening, if you're thinking about trying different stuff, 
where teachers will intentionally have students experience A and B and C, and then after that, do that data piece. So now I sort of having done all, you know, the different variations, the choices that were available, now I know for next time that B was probably the best one for me. Yeah, um, with that, working that through before even the first semester, they do very similar things all together. Like everyone does a lab that's in groups and everyone does a pivot interactive that's an online thing individually. So they, so what I'm working on this summer, um, Rhodes will be joining the AP Physics One team, and so we're hey. gonna we're gonna we're gonna put some stuff together where it is gonna be some some reflective pieces of after each of those starting pieces. You know, what'd you like about that group work? What'd you like about this online thing? So mm -hmm. they start to think about how is each of those styles different, so that by the time we get to really our first lab that incorporates some more choice, they have a pretty good idea about what worked for them and what didn't, nice. and so. If we can get that started as a piece that was missing this year that we, we want to kind of work back in. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to work on some just Google forms and stuff that they can fill out after and just self-reflect on what they felt during the yeah in the experience. So. Gosh, that's more nuanced than I was even bringing up to say that the task might dictate whether you work individually or as a group. Or yeah. Like that those types of, like how you're engaging in the material might dictate some of those learner preferences. That's what makes that so difficult. Yeah. We've talked about developing a PLP and we're like, oh, you know, we can put together this profile, this little, you know, thing that would travel with students. Um, but gosh, the the analogy I give all the time is my daughter, she's in first grade, about to be in second here. We're in May, we're finishing up the year right now. And, uh, you know, when it's like, okay, where do you work best? Well, we're doing math, we're at the table, but if we're reading yeah. books, we're on the couch, you mm -hmm. know? And so some of those tasks and, and, really and, end up driving that process a little, or the what that looks like to right. navigate different, uh, activities. And a student, because they did the online thing before, you know, the self-guided activity, they they like to switch it up themselves. So, I mean, that might be oh, part yeah, of the personality yeah. where they're just, you know what, I did that last time. I kind of want to try going through with the, you know, so mm -hmm. they even ebb and flow, which we can we can be okay with as teachers, you know, just it's, it's going to look different every time. And yeah. that is what they're choosing in that in that setting. And that's and then that's another this has been great i'm loving like hearing all these different layers that you got built in here because i think that's another piece of it is that oftentimes when you get to personalized learning and you're like well i'm gonna give you all these choices and then choices get stagnant right whether that's in the product that you're creating or the avenue with which you uh, access information new information right if i'm just going to always learn online always learn online always learn online that maybe it's best to at times impose and we, we advocate for this in our training now choice with limitations. And you're like, wait a minute, if it's personalized, it can't have limitations. <laughs> well, it can be if the focus is to stretch you a little bit. And so whether that's saying you can't, you, have, you can create whatever you want to demonstrate your understanding, you just can't be anything that slides. Yeah. <laughs> and they go, what? Yeah. That's what I always, yeah, because that's what you always go to, right. you know, like, yep. like what else could you do? Or, or like you're saying, choose an option that you've not chosen already. Yeah. Um, and learn to play left-handed a little bit is the way <laughs> we kind of joke about that sometimes. So, um, okay, so number three, are we cool with that? Ready yes. Transition let's, to the third one. Number three. Number three I'm was. And we're only two in. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> number three was a smaller application of personalized learning to a lesson that I just wasn't really, I just didn't really like how it was going or the, how the responses came back. But it was another, it was another piece where we had a lot of terms that they needed to know for a wave unit. And we left it kind of as, these things are involved in waves of every kind. And so 
if you can find something that relates to your personal interest, whether it be music or sports or uh, computer gaming, we've had students that did their project on they their dad played like the ring like when he would uh, let me try to explain like um, even playing the cups where you mm-hmm. uh, roll your finger around the edge and it makes that high pitched noise. So they apparently had this like it was a tradition in their family and they played the, the whole rings. Ring set? Yeah. So, um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just kind of knowing your learner thing where I got to know so much more about them through that project than I ever did when they would just, you know, come up with a, we used to do it as, um, find these different things and how they apply to music or how like, we kind of forced them to see how they applied to music and sports mm-hmm. and, and things, but instead just, no, I mean, you choose an area and, and find how it works for you. And, you do get a little pushback on, a, you know, if a kid's not super into one of those areas and then giving them some options of, okay, here's some other things you might not have thought of. So I think that was the biggest thing I saw this year is, is having that, letting them see the different options and play with the different options before just assuming that a student's going to be able to, to pick effectively through those. And that can help relieve some of that anxiety on their end because they're all right, there's some stuff that I can just go to if I'm not sure. but mm-hmm. And then as they see it, they might say, oh, yeah, I do that with my, my car speakers. I, I tinker <laughs> with my car stereo. Yeah. And I've seen the glass shake on, on the back wall. You know, I've always kind of thought, why is that shaking in that way? So they get spurred, and then they can go on to something that they are real passionate or interested in at least. Yeah, and causing them again to just carry what they're learning in the classroom, like outside of here, and yeah. start to perceive their world through that same that same lens. And that's, uh, we talk sometimes too just about when you are going to provide choice, if you if you provide examples, um, provide several, like a lot almost, yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah. I'd err on too many so that people, there was a time I know in uh, English 9 uh, honors when we, hey, demonstrate theme in whatever way you want. And we gave them one example. <laughs> and I got 56 out of the 65 projects did that very one same thing. Yeah. And... I'm going to ask you, like, a, as we kind of get to a close here, I guess, um, this question then, because I'm going to harken back to that experience. Because I know, especially in AP physics, like, you're going to get some students in there that are uh, academically sound, that are really good at school. They're right. amazing at the game of school. Yes. And there are instances throughout this year, and in my own experience, where you'll get some serious pushback uh, about personalized learning from the academically sound, strong crowd. And I, I think that you should always take student voice in consideration. So I'm not, what I'm about to say does not, it says it with all due respect and uh, to that student voice. Um, but I felt like there were times where it was really, this is just easier for me if you just line this thing up and I can yeah. go through and just nail it. Right. And I don't like the fact that you're making me have to go through this process that I now am responsible for more and have to like, really do some of the mental heavy lifting. Would you say right. that that's been... It's it's definitely been a part of the culture now where we get students that have excelled in traditional class settings and because of that, place high enough to be in these AP classes. Mm-hmm. And physics, some of them hit their sophomore year and it's the first time that they have really been pushed beyond their comfort zone for a science class at least. And they're they're having to make the decision. I mean, I've literally had students in tears in first semester because they they didn't know what to do and and it wasn't it wasn't just spelled out for them. And it's a careful dance of being there to let them know that you are going to help out when you're Absolutely. when you're to that point, 
but also being okay with that struggle and, and, and coaching them through that struggle that we're not doing this to to see you frustrated or that, that, that we want you to just survive on your own, but mm-hmm. we want you to see that the only way that you're going to get to where we need you to be by the end of the year is by starting to take that ownership and make decisions and think cognitively, creatively about why are you designing the way you're designing. So um, especially with the AP curriculum, the way that they've changed and the way that the questions are, they're so deep conceptually. you got to really know your stuff and you can't just, you can't just memorize it. You can't fake yeah. it. You can't cram for it. It's something that they have to experience all year. So we've really adopted that in all of actually general physics, AP physics, where we, we teach it in a way that it's uncomfortable to them because it's not what they're used to. Uh, we talk about you'll never do a cookie cutter lab where we just tell you this, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. And some are more flexible, some are you know more open-ended than others, but by the end of it, they look back, I mean, in their, their spring year, I'm not, I'm not doing anything in their, their spring labs really, sorry, in the, in the spring, yeah. <laughs> we, we study springs at another time, but in, in the spring, uh, when they're doing their labs, we're, it's amazing how hands-off we are and how they just know where to go to find, I need a meter stick. I need, I think I'm going to get a stopwatch to time this. I think I'm going to use this cart to show this idea. Like they're making the decisions without even getting to the point of like asking. They're just, they're yeah. throwing and they're making the, the decision. So it's, it's awesome to see that ownership take on throughout the year and it starts off for some you know really combatively yeah it's just if you tell me the answer i can do this but then we purposely <laughs> say that's that's the whole point of this class right and so it's nice that personalized learning really matches that philosophy of of what physics needs to be for them to get better at it so yeah and i yeah. and i feel like the more again that i talk with people across the district and all these different roles that uh, it does. That philosophy fits a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so that's what's been so cool. And I, I'm just encouraged uh, as I hear your passion and hear you talk about, uh, you know, caring for, for them as learners and as people and as uh, individuals that are going to go on to need to be creative thinkers. And uh, we have so many good teachers in this district. It's <laughs> so fun to be able to just visit uh, with you today. So thanks for, you know, giving us a little little glimpse into the, the physics world that you have created, the culture you created up here, really to kind of use your words from a minute ago. And I, it, that is it. I've had a chance to step in, um, whether you wanted me in here or not, in Ben's <laughs> class probably four or five different times yes. while students were uh, in the middle of some of the activities he's mentioned. Uh, and it is, it is just an, an alive, vibrant, energetic, um, just this classroom that he's um, been able to establish. And that's why I'm so glad to have had him on the pod. Thanks for sharing today. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back next year to talk a little bit more. Will do. Thanks. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode. For more information or to contact us directly, you can email our team at personalized.learning at westside66.net. As always, thanks for tuning in and learning from the Westside Personalized Podcast.